1: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ryan Kolick, your host, the kid keeping it around of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. New England's own Van Helsink. With me, yes, she's back, the blonde <laughs> bombshell herself, and Carrigan. Woot, woot. Here I am.
2: <laughs> like it or not. Woot, no, here I am. Woot,
1: woot. <laughs> woot, woot. Woot, woot. Okay. woot. Right.
2: You and... ever watch Pretty Woman? Woo.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, what also joining us is the future Mrs. Dylan Jones. Woo, Bridget. <laughs> Hello, everyone.
3: Hello, it's- welcome. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor.
1: No, it's a it's our honor. <laughs> I I watched Dylan's proposal on Facebook today, uh. and I, I was moved to tears.
3: Ah,
2: uh. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. So exciting.
3: Thank you. I had a funny story about that. So he proposed right before a tour and I was literally looking at him very confused cuz I do my introduction and then I let him do his mm-hmm. and he went completely off script. So I was like, you're going off script Dylan. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> you? <laughs> Everybody's, "Oh god, she has no idea." <laughs>
2: oh, that's awesome. I think that's wonderful. Mm. Worked it all in. On a yeah. ghost
1: tour. How can yeah. you beat that?
2: It's perfect. Mm. Two paranormal
3: people.
1: Sitting in your dressed as Ghostbuster uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
3: gotta love it.
1: <laughs> so when they get married, he'll be wearing it down the aisle. I'm yeah. Doubt- yeah. undoubtedly <laughs> <laughs> just saying just
3: well, the alternative I really wanted to buy, a, like a puff puff marshmallow, like blow up costume to wear on Halloween to be ridiculous. And he was oh, like, Oh, that no, would be cool! I see that would have been, cool. <laughs> been great. Been
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, <I> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bridget is the owner of Witching Hour Paranormal Walking Tours. Did I get that right?
3: Yeah, the Paranormal Ghost Tours in Savannah. That's right.
1: Mm. Oh my god, I must be getting
2: old or something. And it is pretty amazing that he got it right. Mm,
1: he it, he aced it. Anyways, uh I want to uh thank you for joining us and uh, you do a lot of different tours and uh do you do you do cemeteries as well?
3: Well we do a lot of different tours. Now as far as going into cemeteries at night you're not allowed to go in. Okay. After Certain time frame, like they will boot you out, um, and that's due to people who have done sacrifices, grave desecration. Oh, yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, usual stuff.
3: <clears throat> yeah, the usual, the normal stuff.
1: Dig <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> up a body, steal its bones. Sweet. We 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 actually had that happen in uh, Pitts Pittsfield, um, where they were actually digging up the bones to use in a uh, in different ceremonies. No, <laughs> well,
3: was- yeah. Our last sacrifice was during the equinox a couple weeks ago, and somebody cut a chicken's head off and stuffed a note inside of their body oh. a picture of it, because I showed it on the tour, I'm like, this is why we can't go in, but people managed to get away with stuff in the voodoo dolls that people put with people's
1: pictures and pins in them. Oh, God.
3: This is why we can't have nice things,
2: kids.
1: That's right. Yeah. 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 So, is, is voodoo a big thing in the South? I wasn't, you know, I mean, New Orleans, no. you expect, but... What are you, South Georgia? Where are you, Georgia? Savannah, Georgia.
3: Yes, Savannah, Georgia. So we're on the East Coast, right? And a lot of people have voodoo in New Orleans, but
1: here on the East Coast,
3: you have voodoo and hoodoo. Mm -hmm. Of course, both are root magics. Like in voodoo, you have like Papa Legba, things like that. But like in hoodoo, it's very similar, but they also use Psalms, other different things. And um, Midnight in the Garden, Good and Evil, for example with uh, the woman in the book they call Miss Minerva, her real name is Valerie Bowles um, she helped like Jim Williams get acquitted not once but like four times and after he killed his gay lover so I mean wow. there's a huge real deeply rooted like community of that and, like white magic, gray magic green magic you name it
1: it's mm. all it isn't is, is wow. the, is it the grave that's in the movie in that one of the cemeteries down there
3: so Minerva, that they call her Miss Val, um, she went to Bonaventure Cemetery to vindicate on Danny Hansford's grave after Jim killed him by shooting him. And she would go out there numerous times to vindicate. And they always said that she was a voodoo priestess. Her husband is Dr. Buzzard. And he actually mm-hmm. wrote a really good book called The White Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, And so she would go out there, do a bunch of rituals on his grave to get him from any wrongdoing from the case. And it did end up working. The judge didn't even know why he was getting off. But then didn't give her any payment for, you know, her services. And then she went by there numerous times. He'd blow her off. And then eight months after he got off in 1989, he dropped dead eight months later from Hmm. heart failure.
2: Hmm. Interesting, Mm -hmm. but they did take the that grave of the
3: girl. Uh, Oh yeah, the the statue. Yeah, so that was a statue. So that was that was in Bonaventure, and then they ended up relocating it to the museum here in Savannah because people were trying to steal it, and then
0: destroy
3: it. We can't have nice things. But her carbon copies people have made smaller ones like replicas of her and those replicas are like over $350,000 in auction so oh my god it's priceless
2: wow yeah I had I had read that because Bonaventure is on my 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 cemetery bucket list and um I had read that about the statue should them, yeah. they,
1: well, if you have
3: one- Oh, we can. Um, I have family that's buried out there. And then my friend, Shannon Scott, he does Bonaventure Cemetery tours. Uh, And he does a little bit of a nighttime one. He's the only person in Savannah, because he's originally, I always joke with him, I called him the ghost papa of Savannah. mm -hmm. But um, he was one of the original ghost tour people, but he is allowed to go in there, I think till 9pm. Wow. Nice. You know, everything else closes at eight. Mm-hmm. But he lets you in early and then, you know, once they start booting people out, but he lets you go through and he knows that cemetery like the back of his hand. Oh he God. Yeah. he's a storyteller.
2: I would and I would love to go to Savannah. I mean, not just for the paranormal aspect because but because it is so beautiful and I've I've heard and read so much about it. Um, it's just a place I'd love to visit.
3: Someday, oh, yeah. someday. <laughs> hey, come here. Call <laughs> it a black portal, you know, because like it sucks you in. You <laughs> to come back. Oh, so there. Oh, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. oh, okay. Thought you cut out for a minute. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah,
1: no. Well, so, so, so Dylan's out doing the ghost tour tonight. uh Which one is he doing?
3: So he's doing the Tybee Ghost Tour. So we have numerous ones. So I grew up on Tybee Island, which is on the East Coast. It's the Savannah Beach, and that used to be the quarantine area for the yellow fever epidemic. Also, huge in the Atlantic slave trade from Liverpool. So um, we talk about that, as well as the Native Americans who inhabited it. And then we do downtown Savannah. We also do the Sorrel Weed House Haunted Mansion Walking Tour. Mm-hmm. Where we take you in and then uh yeah, we do still pub crawl? Yeah, we do a pub crawl too. There's just a lot. Nice. <laughs> a lot. We're doing a pub crawl tonight. So today's my night off. So
2: Ah. Uh my son lives in Wilmington, North Carolina, and they have a pub crawl too. And uh we were gonna do it a couple years back when we were down there and didn't end up happening. But uh why is that yeah. not
1: surprise me that you would do a pub crawl?
2: Of course. Of course. Well, listen, I have to get my husband. I have to convince him to go on it, too, Ron. So
1: Uh, there
2: there has to be some some appeal to him,
1: some spirits involved.
2: Uh, Yes.
3: (laughs) Well, so I could try to sell you on our conjuring cocktails pub crawl. So, Uh, um, you know, it's spiritual intuitives that do lead it as well as we have a comedian. Basically, she's a local (laughs) native of Savannah, but she knows stories that I don't even know. And the Mm -hmm. way that she tells them, she'll make you uh, cry laughing. Uh Uh, You know, the history is a huge factor Mm -hmm. in what I strive for because I've been kicked off tour since I was eight years old, living here, correcting tour guides. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And so I love history and I constantly update it. I'll have repeats where they're like, I didn't learn that last time. And I'm like... You have to constantly keep learning. Um, and there's always new discoveries that keep happening, you know, more and more. From like 2019 to like a couple months ago, they keep finding more bodies. And so it's just it's an interesting place. Savannah's built on top of its dead, but it has a lot of rich history, a lot of party, theatering, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed since it's been settled.
1: <laughs> do, you so it's... A, do you have a red light tour?
3: Red light tour. What do you mean?
1: Well, you know, tour of the red light district. Oh, like a brothel? <laughs> that would be a brothel, yes.
3: <laughs> She's no, too young I, to know about the
2: red light,
1: Ron.
3: Well, so I was like, is that what he's trying to say?
1: So, mm-hmm. But you don't mind. know? you never heard of the red light district?
3: No, I mean, the one in Amsterdam, I've always heard that that was one. So that's the first thing I thought about. I was like the dancing girls in the window. Like, that's <laughs> what I thought. But... Um, basically we don't have brothels, but I do know a lot of places that once were like the rail pub downtown.
1: Wait a minute. You, you don't have brothels. You must've had brothels in history. That's
3: well, yeah, of course. I talk about like what buildings are around that used to once yeah. be
1: Exactly. That's what we're talking about. There you go. (laughs) Would you think about the ones now? God,
3: (laughs) we don't have those anymore. But yes, I do tell people the history of like, you know, the cats in the window that they used to have for signs, and then you flip the cats backwards. You know, if there was police in the area, Mm -hmm. you know, General Sherman came here and partied really hard. So I bet he did. (laughs) Beautiful city, which was always a myth, but like he loved it for you know a couple reasons and then one it was around Christmas time of 1864 too we had cotton so uh-huh. we moved to a pit stop on this <laughs> track but uh, yeah we talk about Tybee Tybee used to have one which was actually uh, that was the Carbo house and the Carbo house is extremely haunted and people live there and as well as have like little tiny little shops in it but uh, that that was a brothel up until the 70s wow mm-hmm. So some older men on tabby. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know them, my
1: like, my good friend uh, Roxy Zwicker does Portsmouth, and she she does a brothel tour where she you know talks very often about the the brothels because it was such a important part of the history of the city.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh mm. yeah, well I mean that was a huge like trade, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, still is kind of to this day, it's just all on social media nowadays.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, is Tybee Island literally an island, or is it connected like by a peninsula, or like what?
3: So, it is an island, you have to go over two bridges you got to go over a bull river and then Lazaretta Creek, and okay. then you get Tybee road, which leads you to. Um, the Immortal 600 from Fort Pulaski, which is a huge Civil War fort that's like 10 bucks to get into. Rich mm-hmm. history. It's been on scariest places on earth. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, you go down to the Tybee Lighthouse. It's like a three mile island and mm-hmm. it's amazing. And there's also Little Tybee, which you got to get by either boat or kayak. Um, okay. And that is massive compared to Tybee Island that I grew up on. But it's uninhabited. It's just forest and there used to be wild horses and hogs out there oh
1: yeah cool yeah they the uh wild horse thing is a big thing i I don't know if it's in south carolina or north carolina they have an island with wild horses on they have to
3: oh um sorry i was thinking of cumberland island could be that's their saint simon's but i'm sure there is one Mm. yeah my used seven horses on Tybee when she was growing up. My mom's seventy-one. They had a horse named Sugar, and they used to ride them up on the beach. But you're not allowed to have horses on Tybee anymore.
2: Ah, uh, hmm. yeah. There's
3: a lot of them, Ron. I know when we
2: drive down through, um, we drive down to Virginia Beach. Uh, there's wild horses down there in that area. It's like the Delmarva. Uh, it's like a strip. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of them. Like they run wild on the beaches. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So how did you get involved in all of this? uh,
3: Oh, like how I got involved in like the tourism industry for ghosts in the paranormal? Everything.
1: How'd you? Yeah. I mean, growing up, did you have paranormal experiences? And, And then how'd you go from that to doing what you're doing now? So.
3: Okay, so I've had paranormal experiences since I was four years old. And a little bit of a background, I have dual citizenship of here in Ireland because of my mother. Oh. My mother was the firstborn out of 13 children. Only seven survived. The other five did not. And then okay. um, my Aunt Chrissy would go on missionary trips, and she started learning a thing or two you know, mm-hmm. and she was hiding weird jars, concoctions, and people's closets, stuff like that. She was part of the Hell's Angel. She did a lot of wild oh. things. <laughs> next thing we know, when I was growing up, though, I didn't put the connection till later, but um, snakes and flies would appear on our windows, grown up on Tybee, and it was a fairly new, new house, you know, that they built. They owned the land for a while back in the 80s, but they built the house there, and it was like corpse flies. They just swarmed the windows on the outside. Wolf would show up at the doorstep, mm. and, and knives were moving around the kitchen. Because in the beginning, my parents were like, oh, my God, do we need to call like a child psychiatrist to you know, come talk to her? Until they started having paranormal experiences. My mom was too scared to call an Irish Catholic priest to come over, so she calls these two psychics. And these two people come over and they talk to my mom and they were like, listen, um, we can't help you. I'm so sorry, but your daughter can see everything. And so my mom got desperate. She goes through the phone book, finds this woman named Miss Daisy from the Church of Love out in Macon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And she was Gullah Geechee. And if you don't know, know anything about the Gullah Geechee culture, that is huge here in Savannah and the Carolinas, where those were the original enslaved people that originate from West Africa and the Caribbean for the rice plantations. Mm-hmm. And I have friends who are descendants that still speak Geechee, the language. That's and awesome. and said, bring your entire family to me and I'll help you. So my mom had to do all these rituals. I remember I saw all these eight black women who were dressed in white and they were touching me. And they were like, oh, my God, she has so many gifts. She doesn't know what to do with them. And my mom's like, well, what are you doing? Well, we're taking some of her gifts. Don't worry. She'll get them back. And I, and I was like, you let them do that to me, mom. <laughs> like, wow. You know? um, but it helped. It really did. Because I used to go up to people and I would say so-and-so is with you or somebody would call the the phone but before they would ever call I would know who it was and I'd go back to coloring and I was like I don't know and so it was just it was just a lot of weird things and then they helped my family and I did not like the paranormal whatsoever I was terrified of it I hated it I hated all the tv shows and then my parents loved watching them when I was like 14 and my mom was joking one day and she was like that's going to be you one day and I said no it's not I hate it (laughs) (laughs) and the next thing I know my friends when I was like 16 years old started urban exploring and so I'd go around with them to these abandoned places out on Tybee Mm -hmm. and break into cemeteries (laughs) and like go investigate. Uh The rest was history like in my early 20s I was working with various paranormal societies and then now that I'm in my 30s I'm 30 now um I've worked with Michael Cook from the TV show, The Alaskan Triangle, hung out with Heather Taddy from Portals to Help here in Omaha State, but I got to meet Dylan, and I think that's, like, the hugest factor um, because he's, like, on the scientific aspect, and he's a skeptic, and, you know, I'm a spiritualist, and, like, he can't tell me, like, you know, nothing, but he's very fascinated with how, like, I approach things because I like to look at things as a realist. Like, there are logistics, like, how... EMF detectors work and you know the problems that come with EMF and then other things and so it's more so like I like to help people and not be a con artist you know there's various factors where like you know I've called people out where I'm like no like (laughs) you know no (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just interesting and I'm really fascinated that there are people like that and I know that a lot of paranormal societies like fear parapsychologists for some strange reason, or just fear people who question things. And I like it. I enjoy it because there's things that I don't understand. And, you know, when we try to figure out things, cool, you know.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that's how everybody grows. Yeah. You know, and learns. You ask questions. Absolutely.
3: But it, it's it's funny we go back and forth. I call him a big Debbie Downer because <laughs> I, I was like, there are things that he can't explain. Like I lived downtown. I just moved in here September first on Wilmington Island now, but I lived downtown for two years, mm-hmm. and I lived on top of the original cemetery from 1733 till 17. Oh wow! And I had huh. crazy paranormal experiences. My blender was thrown mm-hmm. and. Dylan actually here for this last one um where I was sitting in the living room and of course for my 30th birthday my sister and her boyfriend found a Ouija board on the side of the road and they oh were, like, my god birthday. and so I played <laughs> and of course I play it by myself in the house nope. <laughs> everything you're not supposed to do play in a graveyard I did all of that because I was like yeah let's do it why not <laughs> and, um, then Nothing. Nothing bad happened. Went to bed, you know. Said a little prayer. Went to bed, and then I woke up the next day, and it was like eleven in the clock in the morning. And then I'm sitting near the podcast studio that Dylan was setting up, and this massive painting that I had above my fireplace for like two years since I've lived there, it flung off the fireplace, almost hit me. It missed oh my- me by like a hair. Holy crap! And Dylan walks in, and he sees me frozen, and I was like that fell off on its own and it flung. And when he came in, he looked at the actual fireplace and I had trinkets like sitting up on the top. Mm-hmm. And he's like, none of these have moved. He said, so it literally had to pick up. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just an interesting thing, but he mm-hmm. saw like, he saw a ghost cat and he was like, no, 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 I don't know what it was. And I said, you said it looked like the tail of a cat. So <laughs> it's interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: But wow. Going to the dark side. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, like, see, I was like, what did Steve Parsons tell you? Like, and some of your other colleagues, when they've sat with other people who are intuitive or they go to these retreats, they started having paranormal experiences. What does that mean, Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody got to start somewhere, right? That's right. I'm but sure
2: he's had, had a few.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's had some interesting ones. And, like, it's an interesting approach that he takes for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. so how has he changed your tours like has he changed your tours
3: so I'm still a big enthusiast I love like equipment I love stuff like that like I love dows rods that's what we use that's one of my favorite things
0: mm-hmm. they're fun um,
3: and yes and no to change so the way that we approach it now instead of like hey let's go ghost hunting how I used to do like just growing up Mm -hmm. where it'd be a fun time. What we do is we still kind of do that, but we educate people on how the equipment works. Like, you know, I go into depth, like the history behind Dowson rods. They're used to find water wells and pipes and you can find golden minerals with them. But in the 1800s, you were a witch trying to contact the dead if you're a woman holding them (laughs) on water. But like we educate people on like K2 meters, which I still have had interesting experiences with K2 meters where I've gotten some, from my perspective, an educated response from them, Mm -hmm. and other people have too. But we also educate, you know, EMF like a plane flying low. Your cell phones can set them off. You give an example of that. And then, you know, EMF can cause hallucinations. It can cause cancer. You know, it can be really bad for you. So we try to educate people on certain things. And then kind of give people like their own little platform for a safe space of skeptics, believers to kind of like talk about things and like be open-minded to the extent of like, you know, let's have a discussion.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so who told you that EMF causes cancer and hallucinations? So just curious. From, about that
3: Some studies like in, like Steve Parsons book, it talks about like how EMFs work, but like when I decided to start looking up like EMF, like there's a lot of like holistic things too mm-hmm. when it comes to EMF, but, um, I know from like microwave cell phones that admit it, it's an EMF radiation, like radiation is not really good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And there are, you know, like disturbances with it. Like me, like going on to Google and trying to like figure out like what causes it, like, you know, headaches, depression, sleep disturbance, stuff like that. It is a like a known thing that's out there. How much <laughs> it needs to admit. I mean, like me having my phone on me. Isn't that big of a deal? However, like an example would be like there was a girl who was like 20 years old who used to stick her cell phone in her bra, right? A pocket, and she ended up with breast cancer, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, for certain EMF and radiation, that's my theory on it, but
1: I'm mm-hmm. just, just curious about that. What you're uh, you go ahead. Hello. Oh, yeah. we're still so, here. Yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> oh okay. well, we, we we actually gotta take a break now anyway, so hold on to that. Okay. Anyways, uh <laughs> you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron Kolick, right here on TojiNet. uh I'm Ron Kolick and the blind bomb so forget that you're joining me today. There <laughs> <laughs> I am <laughs> So. Right here on Toge brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memory Street. Though in Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts, and very good friends in the Data Society on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, YouTube, could become a Marinba. About a mere three bucks a month to get exclusive uh, access to videos of all sorts. There's like 50 or some of them on there. And we are talking to Bridget Pitts of the Witching Hour Paranormal ghost and walking towards. Anyways, we'll be right back after the following messages.
0: Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town. Where nothing is a common occurrence.
3: You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once.
0: That is until the night of celebration.
3: Where the hell is she?
0: Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! Jessica! Happening. From the creators of Shadowhunters, fighting me, comes a tale of primal terror and grind called mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica, kill! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, Bridget Pitts from the Witching Hour Savannah Ghost Tours. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Here we are. All right.
1: So good to hear your voice again. Aww. Anyways, uh, before the break, we were talking to Bridget, who was explaining her tours and, and how they operate. Uh, with uh, Dylan and herself and uh, a lot of interesting stuff, how she grew up and and so forth. Um, so are you uh, I heard you had a project about a, a book or, or something. Is, is that correct or is that erroneous information?
3: Yeah, so me and Dylan have been working on a book and it's basically the legacy of Savannah. And of course you have So many ghost books, so many ghost stories of Savannah, but what we kind of want to do is like, what's the meaning behind it? Like the actual history versus what you hear, personal accounts, and to have actual people in the book that document things and like, have, you know, like, if we go to a museum, like the Gordon Lowe house, like have them talk about what kind of experiences have been there. If they want to talk about it, there's some places that have not wanted to speak on certain things. And that's, a, that's understandable. They'll still be in the book because it's still almost like, you know, a living documentation of like how people feel, things, feel about things, how people view certain things. And, you know, it's just basically wanting to bring like actual stories to life because there's so many legends. There's so many misconstrued information out there. And there's a lot of tour guides who, you know, they'll say crazy things. And, you know, mm-hmm. I put things down to dates because I feel like that's very important, especially when you're talking about an actual human being. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest pet peeve is, I think, the Alice Riley story, which is the first woman in the state of Georgia to ever be executed by hanging. And the things that people say about her. I'm just like, well, just because there's not that much documentation doesn't mean you need to fabricate like an actual human being, you know, mm-hmm. and the things that are said. So I kind of want to bring meaning back to what some of these ghost stories are and some of the legends and where they actually, you know, stem from and what other places use significance. You know, some of them actually have like anti-Semitism, you know, so there's a oh. lot. there's a lot going on. And we talk about that sometimes on the tour you know, with certain stories like the spirit of Renee, which put us on scariest places on earth, which that story has been around for like over 250 years. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And, you know, when you look at it, there's an actual family that shares that name and they don't want anything to do with the story. And when you start digging more into it, you realize, oh, wow, you know, could it have been a person, but, you know, could have been fabricated. So we try to dive deeper into those meanings of what it is. Right. So
2: that's a time. great idea. Thank you. And and some things, so, they become such an urban legend that mm. they take on a life of their own. And it, it doesn't, the original story is lost. Yeah. So that and that is great that to happens, set that straight.
3: That happens a lot, though. It's like um, when they say the legend of Alice Riley. And I'm like, she's not a legend. She's a real person. She was mm-hmm. a first. In, in the state of Georgia, to be executed by hanging, right? You know, so it's just there. There's just so much to it, but then also, I like to on my spiritual aspect. You know, I believe in manifestation. um You can talk something into existence, and it becomes a reality. A lot of people have always heard. So that that's
1: what you remember. did to Dylan, does it? That's right.
3: Spells, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you on yeah. with your manifestation you were talking about. <laughs> yep. go ahead.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I, I I believe manifestation, you know, good and bad, and like, you know, that whole Renee story, which you know, Dylan actually discovered that there was one like in the Carolinas. So we thought that was really fascinating. So we talk about that on the story after I tell it, <laughs> um, but it's just. It's an interesting thing because people still see sightings of like this nine foot tall shadow figure. And I've had an experience with her name, not like that. But I do believe like with sacrifices being done in the cemetery and they still go on. Like, what if there's more to it? And that's just me being on the spiritual aspect. Mm
1: -hmm. But yeah, there are are some stories that uh, transpire. Uh, countries even uh you know certain like the hitchhiker story is one that's that's all over the world it's not just, right uh, you know mm-hmm. not in chicago not in uh, the bridgewater triangle it's it's everywhere uh and so we have those almost like urban legends i guess you would say that, yeah. that they are just around I don't know how much truth are really to any of them mm-hmm
3: Yeah, but they do make good stories, you know? And like it's but like at the end of the day, like sometimes that's all they are until there's like yeah proof on it, you know. Exactly. Exactly. History buff, and I think history is dark in itself, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Like who needs to fabricate that, you know?
2: (laughs) Hey. There's so much rich history to just discuss without making up a bunch of BS. So can you Tell us about, so I'm kind of intrigued by, so it's the real Haunted Mansion walking tour.
3: Is this so, it's the Sorrel Weed House? Yeah, so the Sorrel Weed House has been on numerous TV shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, Zach Bagans went there, right? And it's, it's interesting. But me personally, I know that the house is extremely haunted. Mm-hmm. And I've had experiences, but what we do is for the Sorrel Weed Mansion walk Tour, it's about an hour that we take you through. Mm-hmm. See what goes on. Know about the true history of the home. Because you'll hear crazy things about that place. When I'm like, just open a book, you'll find things about the actual house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it had barracks, you know, from the Siege of Savannah during the Revolutionary War. It's one of the second bloodiest battles. And, There's a mass grave, like, on the outskirts. There's no proof that there's actual bodies on the property, Mm -hmm. but it's been said that there is. But Shadow Man is the huge one that everybody comes to see because he haunts the basement. Ah. I've I've, I've had run-ins with Shadow Man. I am not a fan of the basement. (laughs) Um, Dylan was there. We did Ghost Busted, which is another event that we do. Mm -hmm. And Ghost Busted is spirituality meets science, where... You go with a paranormal investigator from the mansion and then you go with me where we do old school methods like, you know, compasses, which were the original, you know, K2 meters. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, pendulums, things like that. Human pendulum uh, scrying with a black mirror. And we just have interesting experiences. But when I was in the house. They were doing the walkthrough, giving the regular tour, and then there was a REM pod going off downstairs in the basement where you do paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, Bridge, can you go run down there? And I said, yeah, not a problem, because I've never had a problem going down in the basement Mm -hmm. at this point. And then as I'm walking down the stairs to the basement, there was this big hunk of concrete slab that dragged Mm. And it was so loud, and I just stopped for a minute, and then I hear a bang. And then I run back up the stairs and I said, Oh, no, 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 I'm not going by myself. <laughs> Dylan, you're coming with me.
0: <laughs> and like, hey,
3: it is pitch black. I'm not turning off this REM pod until somebody is here with me right now. <laughs> and he was more fascinated. But every time I've gone down there, there's something banging. And I've also seen seen a man standing in there, which nobody knows who he is. Apparently, a lot of the tour guides from the actual Sorrel Weed have actually spotted him. This Mm -hmm. man with blonde hair, he's a normal regular size height man. I want to say like about six feet tall, a little less than that. And then he would wear like these shorts with stockings up and then like a khaki whitest shirt that I would see at a glance. So it's it's been an interesting thing. But the sorrel weed in the last, I want to say, maybe two to three months, mm-hmm. they've had a lot of discoveries of history in themselves where they found out new discoveries. And so that is a huge thing. And of course, I can't really disclose all the new history until they do mm-hmm. publicly. But there there's a lot going on. Um, there's a morgue. I've been in the Uh, war. Really? Yeah. So it was owned by Francis Sorrell originally, Uh and he had a total of eight children. And one of his sons was Dr. Frank, who he went to Princeton. He went to Europe and he was a trauma surgeon and he did surgeries downstairs in the basement of the home, the waiting room as well. And he had a 45% success rate, which was pretty good (laughs) back in the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) a little
2: less than half but hey you
3: know (laughs) hey there was okay there was was at least 200 people that died
2: oh (laughs) jesus
3: (laughs) so it's so interesting the house in itself is stunning and it's such a historic home and there's so many connections there that people just i tell people it's amazing how they keep it as is you know and they do a lot of donations what we try to do is we also help fund so when we do the walking tours when we do ghost busted we make sure to give money back to the house mm-hmm. make sure that it's in good upkeep and they're planning on opening the second floor as well as the attic in 2025 which I cannot wait for
1: that oh. I've been up there cool.
3: but it's not good for the public
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bridget have you ever you know, you saying they're constantly finding new stuff in the history. Have you ever, when you're doing your chores, picked up on something that you had no evidence of and then later on it came to light with more information they found?
3: So one of the things that we captured was by the Owens-Thomas house, which is another amazing one. They do not entertain the paranormal, though. There's several that don't. Mm mm-hmm. So it's extremely haunted. Now, the Owens Thomas House was infamous for enslaved quarters, outside and inside. Mm-hmm. On the and we had somebody who, when we were doing the tour, I felt like somebody was on my back. Mm. And I could not process what was going on. And I was like, I'm so sorry. So I move and I continue the story. But... All of a sudden, this girl on my tour felt like she felt like somebody was behind her. And she snaps a photo by the gate and you see this gray figure, which I have the picture. If you ever want to see it wrong, I'll send it to you Mm -hmm. as this gray figure of a woman standing. And you can literally see through the bars. You could see the detail of the brick behind the bars, (laughs) but you could see detail of this woman. And it was a gray figure of a woman And apparently Margaret Thomas, who is the final owner, she was known as the woman in gray Uh and people have cited her at the house. Another thing that I've actually had, which I've always had strange paranormal experiences when it came to Wright's cafe, things like that. Um, I've had an experience where a woman stood behind me and Dylan was there with me at the time. Wright's Cafe, we were eating, and then everything just slowed down, and I'm sitting there, and I couldn't focus while he was talking to me, and I said, I'm sorry, I have to get up, and then I go to the restroom, and there's 10 mirrors surrounding the actual restroom, so I said, great, so I go in there, <laughs> wash my hands, use the blow dryer, and as I look up in the mirror, there's a woman there, <clears throat> and I'm here, and I run out, <laughs> like, oh, no, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Because I was already on edge. And when I go to sit back down, I felt a hand touch my shoulder. And I was like, Dylan, I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I know Mm that you're waiting for the check. I'm going to go stand outside. Mm -hmm. And then what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I had a crazy paranormal experience from in there as well as out here. And -hmm. you're not going to believe me. (laughs) And so I proceeded to talk to him about it. And so I started doing research on the Wrights Cafe. And a lot of people claim that there's a woman named, you know, of course, Alice Riley, who haunts that place. And I was like, that does not feel like Alice. I've been in contact with Alice in Wright Square. And this felt different because it is on top of the cemetery, the original Mm -hmm. colonial cemetery before colonial park cemetery opened up. Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: when I started digging, I was like, you know, there's no documented evidence of being over there but people have had sightings to me it felt more sinister it felt more malicious and so as I started digging I found this article where this paranormal team went there and the owner of Wright's Cafe when I ended up talking to him he's like yeah there's a knife that we put on the table it's a big like butcher's knife it moves around Ah! all the time Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so y'all think that that's Alice Riley. Got it. (laughs) Uh You know, I was like, I I think it's cute that your menu's dedicated to her. Uh But at the same time, I don't feel like that's her. Because the woman that I saw in the mirror did not look like a normal woman. Mm -hmm. And the best way to describe her was almost like this, like, sinister just woman who was just staring at me. She didn't look demonic. She didn't look like anything. She just looked angry. She looked Mm -hmm. upset. And so I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know if that's a manifestation over there. Because I do, like I said, I do believe in that. But I also believe in like, you know, malevolent spirits, angry spirits that are tormented. Had one in my apartment. The lady did not like me living there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know I was on top of the cemetery until after I moved in. Of course, research because <laughs> I was like okay who's the lady that's haunting my building and then they were like Bridget you don't know that you're on top of the cemetery I said yeah right they're like you're on Oglethorpe they're <laughs> like what Oglethorpe is the cemetery there's 125,000 bodies <laughs> and I said well I know my front next door neighbor in the middle of the road when I walk outside that's the Jewish cemetery <laughs> 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 I know that that's the Jewish cemetery that people drive on top of from 1733 But I was like, okay, so how far does it go? And so I went to the Georgia Historic Historic Society, found out, like, you know, it was Percival Ward. And then I was like, okay. So I started looking. There's no record beyond 1872 when my apartment was built. So going back, who knows what was there minus the cemetery, if there was somebody who lived over there. Because people used to claim that there was a yellow fever doctor. And there wasn't a yellow fever doctor. What we found out, my next-door neighbor <laughs> was not a yellow fever doctor. He was a dentist. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like, me and Dylan were like, that was not the yellow fever doctor. That was the dentist. Uh, next-door neighbor. You know. <laughs> but um, the poultrygeist activity that was happening in my house, Dylan decided to start doing some digging. And he found a book that had a title called Poltergeist at 18 West Oglethorpe. And I was 16 West Oglethorpe. I said, wait, that is my Ah. neighbor. Like behind this wall. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I know. So started reading into it. And apparently there was a guy who lived there in the 1920s and he committed suicide. Oh. And they had crazy poltergeist activity in that apartment. So I don't know if there was any seeping or i was like well the way my apartment's designed it looks like they put the wall in later Mm -hmm. because i found an opening from like where the back of like what is it called washer and dryer was and i was like oh i was like that's fairly new compared to the old wood so i was like this had to have been built and Mm -hmm. they separated them and so we think that that might have had something to do with it. <laughs> because a lot of people had problems, but apparently there's a huge turnover rate where I live. But one of the ones that nobody believed me on until it got kind of like some notoriety was the CBS. The CBS.
1: CBS, yeah.
3: Yeah, the CBS <laughs> downtown. And my friend lived above it. That was the original jail it's the oldest jail in the state of georgia oh boy and my friend who lived up there she was like oh my god i just moved in do you want to come over she was like some of the studio apartments are unlocked do you want to check them out because they haven't been rented these are all renovated and i was like yes so (laughs) we go in and the studio apartments are so tiny there's metal in the ceilings you're surrounded by nothing but brick and ripped off stucco because it's trendy I was. She was like, "These are the jails." <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> through the emergency stairwell exit, instead of taking the elevator, you still see cast iron bars painted white. Wow. <laughs> Match the walls, and they had a massive turnover rate. And then when I was telling the story about the CVS, some guy who's sitting in the square, he's like, "Are you talking about the CVS?" He says, "I live upstairs."
2: Oh no. There's
3: a lot of hauntings. He was like, "He's like, I'm getting ready to move." He was like, "You hear things."
2: <laughs>
0: I'm out. <laughs>
3: He's like you. Literally, hear them all the time. And then there was this person who was doing renovations on my tour at like at the apartments there. And they were like, "Wait a minute, you're talking about that CVS?" And I was like, "Yes." They were like, "We're doing renovations on there." They're like, "Our drills turn on and off." <laughs> still all the time. I was like, "Yeah, that's the jail." <laughs> that's I was like, why I wondering what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what was <your> normal activity.
1: <laughs>
2: That's crazy.
1: That's that's pretty good stuff. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, your tours your tours sound really good and, and you have done the research on it, which makes them more, more appealing to everyone. So if someone wanted to find out more about your your tours, uh, Bridget, how could they do that?
3: So they could either go to com to find everything that we have on our website, or they can go to witching Hour savannah for instagram and then for twitter i guess that's what it is or x nowadays Mm. the same thing witching Hour sav and then of course our office phone number is 912-428-4490 i've had plenty of calls where people wanted me to come do paranormal investigations at their house and have done them (laughs) oh fun nice just help people you know like i get Mm. like When people, like, have struggles, I've just, I dealt with it when I was younger. So I try to, like, ease their mind, but also look at it from a logical explanation. Do you have carbon monoxide poisoning or something like
1: that? So does Dylan go along with these investigations when you do
3: them? So there's one that we were thinking about going to soon that Mm -hmm. my mom recommended. Now, he would always be gone, and I was going to them a lot before I met him. And then Mm -hmm. he put me to work. Because I only worked four hours a day doing one type of tour. And then he's like, we gotta do all these tours. So when you talk to him, I'm like, you work me like a dog. (laughs) I I have fun, but like, you know, God. But now I'm starting to slowly have a schedule of knowing when I'm off and having good times to actually travel. But I've done a couple where we paid to go to do like those investigations that you know like the jails and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and one of them which I won't name names I ended up not really enjoying it I guess because of the atmosphere you can tell where you have people who are excited but when you're trying to like do like an investigation you're like please stop You're sitting on Joe, you know, (laughs) sitting on Joe. Why are you doing that? Why'd you come in here and sit on Joe? (laughs) You know, trying to be nice, but I've done a couple home investigations. The last one that I did kind of like worked my nerves though. And it's like, I always tell people I'm more afraid of the living than I'm the dead. Yeah. Well, and I do not go alone. Mm -hmm. But the last time I went to one I live streamed it. Ah. And I had their permission to, but right at the end of the live, I cut it because it was the first day out of three that we did. And all of a sudden, like on the spirit box, we're in one of the rooms and it says warning. And I was like, what do you mean warning? And it said danger. I was like, from what? Then all of a sudden, the lady who we're doing the investigation for, she comes in from the back door and she was like, oh, my God, I'm calling the cops. So I click it and I was like, why? And she was like, there's a man threatening to shoot up the building. (laughs) And I was like, oh. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like one call. Like, she was like, I have these paranormal investigators. And I was like, oh geez. (laughs) I was like, I "I don't have my handgun on me right Uh, now. Yeah, at home. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was it was a little nerve-wracking because I was just like, ah, you know, because you do, you never know. There's a couple people who I've been interested in some, and then I'll politely reject them because it's almost like that intuition of like, yeah, no, you have to go by that, yeah,
2: yeah, you do. You have to be picky and and wary.
3: Yeah, more afraid of the living than I am the dead. That's yeah. what I always tell people. you could lock me in the basement with a demon, I'll be like, all er, right, give me some holy water, I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know.
2: <laughs> exactly yeah no that's true people are people are scary
1: <laughs> so if you're ever interested i i just had an amazing guest uh from australia uh last hour who used to do ghost investigations in lingerie <laughs>
2: oh, my oh my god, god.
1: really ron <laughs> really I, i'm serious i'm seriously serious. I am oh, serious. Yeah.
3: Were they not only
1: OnlyFans? <laughs> oh my god! So they, they figured that might work as a trigger device, and uh, oh, you know, oh my god, so that's she, funny! <laughs> she would go to she would go to prisons and stuff, whether it be male prisons. She would dress in her lingerie, and, um, that's weird. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the putty pot above there's actually some logic to it.
3: You <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> it. Sometimes things are so crazy that they make sense. <laughs>
1: uh, but uh, uh, yeah, you can catch so. uh, that. It was uh last hour international, which will probably be up at the same time this show is up. But yeah, oh, she okay. is. A, Can't wait. She was an amazing guest. Uh, I, bet, anyway.
2: I bet she was.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I mean, it's, it's interesting. But you know, I mean. Oh, well, we got to go. On, I hi, everyone. the everyone. <laughs> I missed that whole thing. Good night. Thank you, Bridget.
2: Thank you, Bridget. So great to talk to you. Thank you, guys. It was an honor. Thank you so
3: much. (laughs)
0: To ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver
3: us, good Lord.